tuning in to our Neighborhood Church podcast. Join us on Sunday at any of our locations. To learn more about our church, visit neighborhoodchurch.com or download our church app. Ebenezer, uh, a year later, Merry Christmas. Uh, my name is Mike, one of the pastors here, and welcome to the second Sunday of Advent and the second Sunday of Vestember. I, I, you may have it, but I don't see any vests, so <laughs> jump in and we'll be all enjoying that. In our version of uh, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol a year later, these messengers visit Scrooge to check in on him, finding that Scrooge indeed has taken on that faith-induced grit in Christ, having pushed off his old selfish and self-focused ways of life and to embrace the joys of Christmas and to embrace love that Christmas brings. It's this love of God uh, that the Bible, the book uh, speaks of. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he sent his son into the world to save us from our sin. And we'll talk more about that as we spend time in communion in a moment. But just as Scrooge took it, did Jesus's earthly father, Joseph, as explained in Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25, the text that we'll be looking at this morning. And truth is, we can take on that same faith-induced grit as well. But before we get into our Bible study this morning, I'd like our kids to, Pastor Lorena is ready for them. So if your kids from preschool to sixth grade, head on off that way and get started with your own Bible study. And as they are moving, if you wouldn't mind grabbing your Bible. Uh, Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken to by the prophet. Behold, a virgin shall be conceived and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel which means God with us. When Joseph woke from the sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him and he took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son and they called him Jesus. Stay standing for prayer for a moment. Father God, as we stand before you this morning in this second day of Advent, as we anticipate the excitement of your birth, as we celebrate that in just a few weeks, we want to hear from your word this morning. So challenge us, encourage us. And know, that, Lord, these are familiar stories, and some of us have read them millions of times, it seems. And we know them backwards and forwards and can almost quote them, but yet, Lord, we know there's something you have for us today. And so, Holy Spirit, do your work in our hearts and our minds. Challenge us and encourage us 
and bless us and help us to learn from you. For we pray this in the name of Jesus, amen. You may have a seat. I encourage you to take out the uh, outline that you were given as you walked in. If you're online with us, uh, there should be one of uh, an outline uh, on our um, webpage there or the QR code if it pops up, you can see that. Or if not, just take a piece of paper out and write down things and encourage you to grab that. Our, our hope is that you would take some notes and be encouraged by what you read and, and take this opportunity to learn and maybe even go over these stories. I also encourage you to grab uh, the study guide, which is outside in the lobby area. If you come out these double doors and turn left, there's a resource table there. These are on there. If you're online, you can just simply press the links and grab that uh, uh, study guide, and it'll be right there available to you. And again, we hope that you use this as a launch pad for your own study this week. Maybe take in that Christmas story and be reminded of all those things and what God would have you to learn this week and encourage you with that. There's also a revived section on our webpage that goes into a little bit deeper. We also have a, a link to a podcast that we do uh, every week that kind of goes a little deeper in what we're talking about, but I encourage you to do that. And though it's not mentioned in the Dickens' A Christmas Carol Scrooge no doubt had to go through a lot to make such a drastic life change. And some of us have been there where we trust God even in conflict and, and we listen to him and follow his word. All through the Bible, there are characters who have done so. One is, is, uh, such character is the character of Ruth. You can read her story in the Bible book of Ruth. And it's right there about what happened. Uh, uh, she uh, was not was a person who really didn't know much about God and his way of life. She married into a family of a nominal follower of God, uh, but her husband and her brother-in-law and her father-in-law all died. Ruth embraced her mother-in-law and her mother-in-law's faith, her faith in God. And through God's miraculous work, found a new husband and is actually in the lineage of, of Jesus. Actually, if you're in Matthew chapter one, looking at verse 18, you can just scroll back a little bit to Matthew chapter one, verse five, where it's the, the lineage, the, the uh, genealogy of Jesus. And in verse five, it says to Salmon, the father of Boaz by Rahab and Boaz, the father of Obed by Ruth. There's Ruth. She's in the line of Jesus. Also, if you notice, there's another name in there, the name Rahab. Some of you know the biblical character of Rahab. Uh, she was a prostitute, and yet she is also considered in the line of Jesus. Now you're thinking, wow, these people who really were far from God are somehow included in this godly line because they made that intense faith-induced grit to be willing to stick with the life change of embracing God in his way of life. And that willingness to keep trusting God is one step in one of the other, in front of the other, one day at a time, one step at a time. And Joseph, Jesus's earthly father, had that same faith-induced grit in Christ. And even though, and even to, enough to have some incredible, courageous love that brought on great belonging, like in the precarious situation of Mary's pregnancy, for faith-induced grit in Christ brings on belonging. And in Matthew chapter one, verses 18 to 25, we, three, we see three courageous actions to bring on belonging. You see, everybody knew 
in that small town of Nazareth. And if you're here with us last week, as uh, Elder Doug uh, went through and explained a little bit about Nazareth, some 300 and something people, big as a village, something, uh, you know, that phrase, not much good good can come out of Nazareth. Because Nazareth was, was a, a dark, uh, dank, uh, small city. And in that small city, everybody knew what everybody else was doing. And everybody knew that Mary was pregnant and not yet married. It's possible that she was about four months along when she came back from her visit from Elizabeth, uh, as Luke chapter one records. And remember, Mary and Joseph were not yet married. They were betrothed, meaning they were legally bound and yet not living together and not, or not starting a family. But again, Mary is pregnant. It would be like, um, you know, Jacob was up here, right? He's our intern. And he's engaged to be married to Anna. And all of a sudden, if she walks in and we find out that she's four months pregnant, what do you think? Yeah, you, don't say it. And again, it's not true. It's just an illustration. But yes, that's what everybody thought. Everybody thought that either uh, Mary was uh, uh, messing around or that Joseph and Mary were not being pure but it was difficult. Joseph may have heard Mary's story of an angel and this being from God, but it had been hundreds of years since there had been any visitation from God, any angels, any interactions with God. And there had never been any recorded ideology of a miraculous conception. For Joseph and for Mary, their sense of home was shattered. For Joseph, quite possibly betrayal, suspicion, anger, heartbroken. And yet he loved Mary. So Joseph sought the only human way he knew to cover as much of Mary's shame as possible to divorce her. And yet God showed up and challenged Joseph to courageous love a love we need to engage. And so I'd like us to look at these three courageous actions to bring on belonging in this wonderful story that's been told time and time again. It takes faith to have that kind of love, and yet faith-induced grit in Christ brings belonging. So let's see how. The first of these, and hopefully you have your outline, jot down some notes. The first of these courageous actions to bring on belonging is to accept that conflict happens. Now that we all know conflict happens, but there's one thing to accept it. In Matthew chapter one, verse 18, it's now the birth of Jesus took place this way when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph. Therefore, they came together and it was found that she was with child by the Holy Spirit. But what was Joseph to do? By all human reasoning, Mary was unfaithful or Joseph and Mary had disobeyed God's law of purity. And yet it was not true. They were living life God's way. I mean, God chose Mary because of her righteousness and Joseph as well. They were not what people thought, but there still was conflict. For living right and following God's way does not mean there won't, conflicts won't happen. The truth is they do. Struggles happen. Difficulties happen. 
Is there anybody in this room or online that has never faced any conflict? Oh, not a one. <laughs> because they happen. It's part of the human experience. And I know it seems obvious and these past few years and even now, the reality is right in our face with all the different difficult things of this pandemic and the, the, the rollouts of that, the emotional weight of that, because sickness, cancer, loss, emotional struggles, the, the struggles with vaccines are not the hurts, the relational struggles, they are there. But the truth is they do not define us. Let me repeat that again. They do not define us. Life is messy this way, and yet they are to refine us. James uh, uh, wrote an incredible uh, passage in his book, the book of James, James chapter one, verse two. It says, consider it pure joy, brethren, whenever you counter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And so let endurance have its perfect result that you may be adequate, equipped for every good work. James is saying that trials happen and yet God is gonna use them like an exercise to build strength into you. And though we may not like it, just like we may not like any exercise, it's good for us. And God will turn it to good, even though how difficult it is. And there should be a joy in that, that God is working through that. And thus it does take something to process that but we're to embrace the conflicts, accept them and roll with them and process the hurt and the heartache because it is disappointing. Life is full of those deep and some of them are very deep. And yet the truth is we are to lean into God and to put our trust in him. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Actually, I want you to read verses seven and eight. So if you have your Bible, flip over to Proverbs it's almost in the middle of your Bible, chapter three, uh, starting in verse five and going through to verse eight. It says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Verse seven, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. To fear the Lord is to have that reverent respect and in awe and having that ruthless trust in him. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. And here's the key, or here's the result. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. When we trust in the Lord and lean not on our own understanding, in all our ways acknowledge him, he will direct our path. He will be with us. He will encourage us. He will challenge us and bless us and have his hand upon us. But it's having that faith-induced grit that willingness to say, yes, I'm going to trust God, even though it doesn't make sense at the moment. And all this is around me. And I'm wondering all the questions of why are flying in my head. I'm going to trust God regardless. Just imagine Joseph in all that he was going through. There is no human understanding of what happened, except that either Mary was unfaithful or they were impure to lean not in our own understanding. In all our ways, acknowledge him and he will direct us. Lean into him. There is connection with God in this faith-induced grit. For faith-induced grit in Christ brings on belong in that connection with God and that connection with others. 
Which brings us to the next courageous action that brings on belonging is to actively listen to God. Look at how Joseph listened to God. Verse 19 of now back at Matthew 1. Learning that he, she was uh, with child, not from him. Verse 19, and Joseph being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, don't fear. Take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived of her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you will call his name Jesus. And he will save us from, save his people from his sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. It is evident that Joseph had a pattern of life of listening to God. He was called a just man. Some of your versions say a righteous man. It's one who has a right relationship with God, a close relationship with God. And that kind of connection comes from listening to God, from being willing to take in and value what God is saying and see it as truth. Psalm 119, verse 160 says the sum of your words is truth. And everyone <clears throat> of your righteous rule, uh, and every one of your righteous rules endures forever. The, the question comes: Do we really believe that? And how do you know if you believe something? Are we listening? Psalm one nineteen, verse one fifty one says, "You are near, O God, and all your commandments are true." God is near. Are we listening? His commandments are true. Every single one of them. God's way of life is the best pathway. And we have his word preserved right here in the book. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. It's a good book. There's lots of wisdom in there. There's lots of incredible stories that are true. Not just some hope of Christmas. It's the true story of Jesus and Mary and Joseph. And in this conflict Joseph was experiencing, Joseph was struggling in what to do. It seemed best and in line with God's character and God's law, giving grace and mercy to lessen the shame that Mary bears to divorce her quietly, to pull that legal engagement. But God intervenes. And it says an angel of the Lord in verse 20 appeared to him. That word appeared means become visible. God wants to make it clear but it still took Joseph and his willingness to listen. See, we have the visible word of God, whether it's in a physical form of a book or whether it's on your uh, device. How many of you have a smartphone? Do you know you can download the Bible and you can always have it with you? Everywhere you go, 
most likely you always have your cell phone with you. Yes? Even in the bathroom? Yeah, we all have that with us. The word of God available, uh, written for us. Available anytime if we are willing to listen. And the instructions to Joseph was to call this child Jesus. In Hebrew, it's Yahshua, which means God saves. God is salvation. Yah is the uh, abbreviation of Yahweh and the the name of God. And Yeshua is is, is meaning salvation, rescuer, deliverer. Yes, the one prophesied. Isaiah 9, verse 6. For To us, a child is born, and for us, a son is given, and the government should be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, the one who is our Savior. (laughs) And the reason why is because we have an issue. I know the person next to you has a lot of issues, but we all have the issue of sin. Every single one of us. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We have an incurable disease that is part of our DNA. And that incurable disease has some nasty side effects. Even worse than the worst is cancer you can see. Because what it does, it affects our eternity. And if we don't deal with this sin disease, we will not make it to heaven. We will not experience the life God has for us. And we can't have that close relationship with God. That's a lot. But what we get so excited about about Christmas is the great present God gave to humanity in the form of a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. Jesus, he came to this world, God and this is the mystery of the incarnation or mystery of God becoming flesh. He squeezed himself into the tininess of a, of a person being willing to be born and go through life to identify with us, to show us how to relate to God, but also the ultimate sacrifice to be strung up on a cross and have the sin of the world dumped on him so that he could pay its price. And he did. And the reason we know he did is not only did he say so, But on the third day after his death, he rose from the grave and said, yes, for sure, for sure, I am the way of salvation. My encouragement is that if you have yet not yet embraced the Christ of Christmas, boy, this season is the great time to do that. I encourage you to, uh, they're in the lobby, but also ushers will be having these packets available. And there's a letter written to there to you. There's some books in there to study. It's a way for you to investigate the Christ of Christmas. I encourage you to pick one of those up. You don't need to engage anybody in conversation. You simply can just talk to them or talk to God, or you can talk to others if you'd like. But Jesus is our savior. He also came to save us from what we deal with in life now, to be our rescuer. That does not mean in our way or how we want. I'm sure Joseph would have wished he'd erased that whole situation, but God will be with us because he is Emmanuel. If you want to know where that uh, phrase came from, it's Isaiah chapter seven, verse 14. That we're not alone, but it takes this ruthless trust in God and listening to him. For faith-induced grit in Christ brings on belonging, belonging with God and belonging with others, just like Joseph. Joseph applied that active listening and took on courageous actions 
to passionately, this third element of courageous love, to passionately follow God's word. Let's go back to our passage in Matthew, 8, Matthew 1, now verses 24 and 25. When Joseph woke from the sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son and called his name Jesus. Joseph strapped on some faith-induced bravery, and he went for it. Regardless of the shame that he knew he would bear, and this was a pattern in Joseph's life to obey and to follow God's word. When he was told to, to flee to Egypt with the baby in, in Matthew chapter 2, verses 13 and 14, he did. And when the angel told him to return, he did in, in Matthew chapter 2, verses 19 and 21. So why not be like Joseph and follow God's word? It's, it's one of life's greatest adventures. And yet at times, it's against the norm and, and will be difficult. Like Joseph taking Mary as his wife, Joseph took on that public shame and shame of his own. But Joseph was willing to endure the public shame out of obedience to God and care and compassion for Mary. He also helped raise Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but that seems like a pretty ominous um, responsibility. Oh, hey, Joseph, raise the son of God. Don't mess up. If you are a parent, you know exactly how that you feel because you hold this precious little one and you go, oh God, please. Please don't make them have to go to all kinds of counseling when they are older. <laughs> but in that, what Joseph did, there was great belonging. He created an amazing family and had great connection with God. You see, faith-induced grit in Christ brings on belonging it was a step of faith for Joseph. Why did he believe the vision? How did he know it was from God? Or not just some thought in his own mind to figure out his conflict. Joseph took a risk, a faith-based, courageous leap. Sometimes we're so wrapped up into safety and protection and not being overwhelmed and not being stressed, we hold back on risks that God asks us to take. Yes, in faith, faith in itself is a risk. And living life God's way takes that faith-induced grit, that willingness to trust God, to actually take him at his word. To actually realize, yes, there's a lot of things in this book and there are some people who say, ah, you know, this really isn't true. Fortunately, and, and quite fun, over and over, there keeps being, whether it's archaeological finds or other finds that they, oh, look, the Bible is true. Because it is. It's God's word to us. And we have his word, the Bible. And the Bible has some encouragement to us. In Matthew chapter 22, verse 39, we're to love our neighbors. That's an instruction, a command of God that we're to get to know, get to know the names of our neighbors, seek how to be a help to them, an encouragement to them, not just to invite them to church, that's great, but also to be a help to them and to be a, a, a positive person in their life. Do we? Luke 6, 27 and 29 says that we're to love our enemies. Ooh. 
That's a little more difficult. But do we? The, the word of God is clear that we're to care about justice and to care about those who are destitute in our community. Isaiah chapter one, verse 17, Proverbs 31, verse eight and nine, Psalms 82, verses three and four. But do we really care about justice? Do we really care about those who are destitute? I don't know, you know, God's been just um, challenging me, my heart in this area because there's so much injustice in our world and it's so all right before us. And what, are we, what am I to do? What are we to do as a church? Well, please pray for me and pray for our church because these packets are great and that's a great way to help, but there's more we've got to do. More that, we, that God wants us to do in this area of justice and caring for the destitute in our community. Matthew 5, verse 16 and, and Ephesians 2, 10 tell us that, that we're to do good works. Do we or are really more concerned about our list of things to do? Maybe that should be on our list of things to do. Oh, I did good today. Scripture calls us to give and to be generous. Malachi 3, 8, 9 talks about tithing, that idea of giving a 10%. Proverbs 11, 24, and 25 talk about being generous. Are we? We are to follow God's word. And yes, it's a risk. It's a dangerous adventure. But we will be changed for the better and experience that sense of belonging with God and with others. See, faith-induced grit in Christ brings on belonging. What's something that God is speaking to you about? Let's, let's be like Joseph and passionately follow God's word. You know, one of the things that I enjoy about the story of Scrooge from Dickens' A Christmas Carol, uh, and actually I just read through Dickens uh, this past weekend. I, was, I put it on, you know, um, audio book, and I listened to it. I was doing stuff in the yard, and I got through, got through the whole book, and I still get a little bit teary-eyed when he makes that transition, when he makes that transition of life change. Because I just, I just if somebody like a Scrooge you know, even in a story can make a life change. Maybe it's possible for all of us to do the same, that we can make that life change. But that life change does not come easy. Like Joseph, it, it, it takes some faith-induced grit, that, that, that courageous love as we accept the conflicts happen and listen to God and passionately follow God's word. And belonging happens as we courageously step out and follow God's word. For faith-induced grit does bring on belonging. Will you pray with me? Father God, thank you for the, the truth of your word. Thank you that you care about us and you, you walk us through life and you help us and you encourage us and you, you, you give us your word. is this book <laughs> to guide us and, and the Holy Spirit to help us and the great stories of Jesus and his example. God, may we take on that faith-induced grit like Joseph who in the midst of a life-altering conflict chose to listen to you and to passionately follow your word. Lord, may we be like that, even though it's unpopular, even though it's a struggle. God, help us. Help us in that. And guide us, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. <laughs>